0: Alright then, welcome to Fox Trotting in a Fox Hole, Season 1, Episode 32, the season finale, as we wrap up Season 1. As always, we'd like to thank the folks at www.purpleplanet.com for the wonderful theme song that they've done for this podcast and the other one, you know, hope to use them in the future, we'll see what happens with Season 2, you'll have to stay tuned for that. It's a Beautiful, beautiful sunny winter day here in Eugene, Oregon. As I'm sitting here in Boom Talk Studios watching a London derby with the Spurs and Fulham at 0-0 in the 16th minute and obviously watching the French Super Cup on the other screen with Paris Saint-Germain and Marseille 0-0 in the 31st minute as PSG has been threatening but they've been offside a couple of times. We'll get to that more Anyways, season finale, folks. What a ride it's been. Get a little bit more as far as uh, reminiscing, probably a little bit later. As usual, a lot going on. Pros, colleges, and everything else. And so at this time, we'll flip it back, and we will start with our weekly segment. The COVID Chronicles. Well, you know, I get tired of saying it. That old Mr. COVID or Mrs. COVID, whatever. I don't even need to get, you know, we'll just go non-biter. Just say COVID. (laughs) Still on the Peloton. Still eating the steroids. Just getting big. And And as usual, I don't know why I even bother saying this, but things are about to get real hairy. As if they weren't already. But I do believe with all the winter sports that have more games and, you know, scheduling flexibility. But now that we're deep in the in the heart of winter, which I thought it was going to be the worst, we're seeing some problems. And I think every sport that's that's active right now is at peril for one reason or another as far as dealing with this uh, nasty virus and its impacts. Uh, start out with some summer news this week. As 76 gold medalists, long jump, Arnie Robinson Jr. passed away from complications from COVID-19. And it's in, and along the lines of track and field, or by the way, our condolences go out to his family and uh, friends and you know uh, people that competed with him. Yeah, you know, it's it's touching everything. In fact, the uh, United States Track and Field Federation has just canceled the indoor track and field championships because of, you know, fear of some outbreak that's just not prudent to do this at this time. We get that. We are just talking about the beautiful game. When the week started, we know that Saddam was actually in isolation because he had a tracing. He turned out that he wasn't uh, positive for for CV-19, but nonetheless had to go into into quarantine protocol. We had Juventus had three players out this week, and they've been a big match today with Inter coming up. Well, not with Inter, but it's with somebody in the Copa de Atala. I'll have to look it up. But anyways, they've got three players, including you know, Sensation, you know, Mateus Delict, who are out right now. PSG, as I just talked about in the 0-0 tilt with their arch rival Marseille. They are without Colin Dagma and Theo Kerr, as they tested positive for COVID-19. Uh COVID's just really ran rapid. I guess at one point you you could argue. All of PESG's regular 11 and some of its key alternates have had this ever since they came back from Champions League. Because, you know, when they went on vacation in Ipsia, the half the team got it. So, nightmare there. Um, as far as the NBA goes, this is where, like I said, things are getting very precarious. Um, in fact, you know, this I just saw this a little while ago. The insiders are saying that They've got knowledge. Now, obviously, you know, they want to keep things confidential, but they say that they have some players in their pool that this a, they've tested positive for COVID-19 a second time, i.e., as we be worried about, hey, you know, how long does the antibody last for this? How long does it protect you? And the NBA, without saying who... I think if you've been following it, you can take a wild guess as to you know who that might be. But it's been a crazy week. In fact, I feel like the NBA is all you know—they're in a weird situation because there's a lot of games that have been canceled. You'd be right. We had the Celtics-Heat game postponed. There were too many people in the CV19 quarantine protocol. That was like on the 10th. The Celtics and Bulls on the 11th were out. We had the Wizards-Jazz postponed as the Wizards couldn't fill in enough players. The Hawks-Suns game is off for tonight. We had the Pels-Mavs that were off as well. We've had people like Steph Curry test positive for for COVID-19. All crazy. In fact, the NBA released yesterday a new set of protocols they want enacted immediately. And this includes no high fives, no hugs, Pretty much what the NBA is going to allow is elbow and fist bumps. Uh, and they're also saying, which should have been mandated from the beginning, no uh, no uh, non-team guests at the at a hotel was on the road. Hello? Anyway, it's spreading like fire to the league. You almost wonder, you know, there's been times when the Sixers have gotten to go with uh, like seven players as they did it on the ninth that maybe you take a pause. I mean, after all, you finished the season last year in October. Um, maybe take a pause, maybe see if we can get some of these guys vaccinated and see if it slows down in the country. We're not in a rush, is what I'm saying, because I think that uh, you're going to get to up you're going to get into a weird situation here where teams start missing, you know, anywhere from, you know, four to eight games because of this. They can't fool enough players, of course. When Alec and I talked, we mentioned having reserves you know, really working it out with your G League team. So, this wouldn't be if the show has to go on. Um, right now, the show is going on and it's it, it's it's I it's really a precarious. Um, I'm probably in favor of a shutdown, but as we've seen. You know, in the NFL, the show has to go on. In fact, George Hill, you remember George Hill last year during the social justice protest. Well, he brings up a very interesting point. He's saying that if we have to enact tougher protocols, then why are we playing? Well, George, last time I checked, it is a business. And they are doing as much as they can to keep things safe. You're not going to get paid. Nobody else is going to get paid if it's not games. The networks are breathing down. I'm not saying you don't have a valid conservative support. Why are we playing with this pandemic and other things raging out of control? But it is what it is. And bills have to be paid. Networks have to be paid. All that kind of stuff. The show goes on, George. In fact, you can always opt out. There's plenty of hungry ballers out there who will gladly take your place. I mean, hey, I'm not picking on him or anything. I mean, I feel like it, it's a valid concern. But ever having already survived the bubble, already survived the social justice walkout, I just don't see things shutting down right now just because you feel tougher protocols, you know, suggest we shouldn't be doing this. That's my opinion. You know, send me an email. FTINFX at gmail.com if you disagree or have some insights I'm just not covering on with this. Yeah. So what else? Uh, we have the NHL that says 27 players tested positive for COVID-19 during training camps. And this of the 27 players, this came from nine teams. But of the 27 players, 17 came from Dallas, and Dallas has a major problem as their opener is going to be delayed as they try to get people well enough so they can field a full team. We'll be keeping up with that, you know, in the episodes to come. It's a fluid situation there. We know that uh, Aston Villa's FA Cup match was with Liverpool. uh, That actually went on, even though. Ashton Villa had 10 players that were out. They brought up some players from the juniors. Uh, the Spurs just scored to go up 1-0, and PSG just scores to go up 1-0 simultaneously. You have to like that. And of course, since I'm doing the show, I missed both goals. Oh, anyways, yes, speaking of, so the whole thing with Ashton Villa you know, being able to tap into its reserves, you have to wonder about all these other teams not thinking thinking about the same thing. You know, obviously, that's what the Washington football team did with uh, Tyler Heineke. When they realized that, hey, we're going to have injuries and there might be a possibility of COVID, hey, let's get a a COVID quarterback on the roster, somebody that knows the system, that if we run into the situation, it worked out well for them. We'll talk about that when we get to the NFL. And then speaking of the NFL... You know Tony Romo still recovering called the playoff game from from his home studio. Not even you know they're not you know confident enough to bring him back out there. So, touching everything. In fact, we've got Dodger Stadium, which is getting ready to transition from a a massive testing facility into a massive vaccine distribution center. You know, go Dodgers. Get people, as many people vaccinated as possible so we can get back to normal. So, like, in terms of uh, fans, going back to the stadiums, and I'm sure you're starting to see that a little bit more in places. In other places, it's still empty with can noise and cardboard cutouts. And like you saw, I think with the Warrior game, they still have their fans, you know, on a, on a big board at center court, which I think is pretty cool, actually. But um, the Packers are going to let some fans in Lambeau, some fans and family to attend the game, the divisional round game that's coming up against the Rams. And the, US, the UFC also says it will allow a limited number of fans to do its first three events in 2021. So we'll have to definitely check out how that turns out. Um, hopefully, it's cool. I know that seeing the fans, that were, the, the 6,700 fans that were able to get into Bill Stadium, you know, to watch the Bills prevail, we'll talk about that. So I got a mixed feeling about it. You know, these stadiums are big, and you know, if people group together, and if they require you to have a to have had a negative test, whatever the case may be, I you know, I'm yeah, I think if we keep it limited and it's done safely, okay. But you know, it doesn't mean you, you, that when you see it on TV, you still don't get a queasy feeling. Just knowing how people. Act on game days all right folks that was a a a, a brisk first segment on our season finale we're going to take a short break and we will come back with some more fun Forty-three thousand foot view above campus all right then All right, then, welcome back to Fox Riding in a Foxhole. Faithful host, Ken Harlan, live in Boom Talk Studios on a very sunny, beautiful winter day in Eugene, Oregon, Southtown. Spurs 1, 0, 31st minute, PSG 1, Marseille 0, two minutes of stoppage time in the first half as we approach the 45th minute. Exciting stuff as we're watching out of the corner of our eye. All right, then, let's let's head to campus, you know. Got our, we went through TSA and all that stuff, and got our bags checked, and we boarded our Gulfstream 500, taking that high view above campus. And gee whiz, go figure, there's a lot going on on campus this week as there is every week. All sorts of things from COVID to social justice to... Crowning a national championship to some interesting things going on in the hardwood. So, we weren't going to waste any time. Let's get to it. So, in this week's version of Hey, let's be stupid, and I'm sure, matter of fact, you already get the big bull. We don't have to even announce it later as far as the Turd McCory Award goes. But, uh, you know, i to that guy at the uh, University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, you know, coordinator. Who had the racist treat, tweet? The racist tweet directed at Stacey Adams, Abrams. Excuse me, sorry, Stacey, but basically calling her fat Albert, and you know, railing on all these things after uh, the Democrats were able to take the two seats. Hello, you get fired. When are you people going to realize? I've been talking about this since moment one. Think before you hit send. Um, coaching a sport that has many African Americans, I think it would behoove these coaches to think about sensitivity. Even if you don't agree, realize. Now, I mean, I'm all about freedom of speech and being able to say what the heck you want, but I also feel there are consequences, and in this time and age. When it's not necessary, you do not put an incendiary tweet like that, especially against someone like Abrams, who's very popular right now. I mean, I'm not telling people to cower and fear. You know I'm an independent, and you know, when it comes to people's you know leanings, I care less about. But I do know the thing about common sense and what it takes to stay employed. And saying stuff like that, you know, given all the jackals on Twitter, who are ready to out you, get you fired, publish your name, address, you should think better of it. PSG and Marseille go to half, PSG's up one zero. But anyways, think before you hit set. I don't know. I like being employed. I think most of the people who tune in and don't tune in like it. And so you should not be giving people an easy excuse, right? Just keep your opinions to yourself exercise judgment at the ballot box, not on Twitter. It's just not good for your career, especially if you are a uh, a sports person in a position of authority. Yeah. Okay. More sad news that we know we just we heard about uh, the two sport athlete from the University of Kentucky, Ben Jordan, he passes away at 22 at undisclosed causes. He was able, he played baseball and when the Kentucky was short on players, he was able to make the team as a walk-on, played in three games. Uh, our condolences go out to his family, the, the Wildcat family as well. Sad stuff. Okay, so what's going on before we start talking about on the field things and COVID stuff? So it's really no surprise. This is no surprise number one. Okay, Mark Emeritt rejects any suggestions that the NCAA and the FBS split. Who knew? Of course, Mark Everett's going to say that. Isn't football the biggest cash cow? And if you take football out of the equation and basketball follows suit, what would there be a need for the NCAA? And I'm sure that the university presidents are probably on board as well because this is probably what allows them to keep these athletic departments from becoming tyrannical. Um do I believe that at some point the money's going to dictate that the that football and the the Power 5 <laughs> really is going to be able to tell the NCAA you know where it can go. I mean I always feel right now that whenever there's a meeting with the Power 5 and the NCAA, they tell Emirate to go out and get the donuts and coffee while the big boys talk. Big boys and girls I should say. Yeah, it, just not 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 a shocker there. And big surprise number two, the NCAA has delayed a vote on changing college athlete compensation rules. Right? I sure they're gonna try to table this as long as they can. You know? I mean seriously. We talked about this from the beginning. And this whole idea of compensation. It's not going to go away. And it's going to have to be dealt with. Do I have the answer? Hell no. Uh, I already feel that the haves really have it. And the have-nots, you almost wonder, why do they even bother in terms of big-time college football? And... uh, These guys, and you know that this whole argument, like when you hear what's his face, Jay Billis, Mister, you know Duke, and the the lawyer, great advocate for the students, I'm not going to deny that, uh, but sometimes I almost wonder that he lets his emotions get away with what's uh, what we call reality. I mean, can you imagine the amount of scandalous things that will go on? Once money gets into it. And as we talked about in the early parts of this show, right? I mean, going back in you know, episode four or five or six, whatever. I mean, if you're a parent, and let's say you are the parents of Devonta Smith, if we're going to compensate, what is that guy worth versus the seventh or eighth receiver on the Bama team, who probably could play for any other school given how stocked they are? But. If you're a parent, you're just sitting there laughing, and that'd be right? And you're sitting there huddling with your kid. When it comes time to pick a, a school, well, who's gonna do right by him? Who's gonna do right by me? So, yeah, I, I see them tabling this for a while, but it's gonna have to come to a discussion and a vote. And it's going to be really curious what kind of compromise they make to keep the to keep the athletes. From basically creating a nightmare of that we just don't want to comprehend, as far as if you like college sports is concerned, you know, and you want to see some competitive balance, which we'll get to in a second. Okay. Anyways, so <laughs> no surprise, number three, I guess. Bama led by Mister Smith roll over Ohio State. Uh, Bama wins national championship again. I think what we saw in the Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith, somebody who is going to be a star on Sunday. So, I mean, geez, give that guy a little open space, and it slides out. just um, incredible. I mean, you know, when it comes to Coach Saban, is he the greatest college coach ever? Well, depends on how you look at it. For me, I'll give you my opinion. Yeah. I think that way back in the day, you know, when you had the SC, Oklahoma, you know, going back to Army back in the 40s, right? You know, like the Sooners with Bud Bookerson and Barry Switzer, Nebraska and Devaney, those great teams, you know, right? Tom Osborne a little bit later, you know. Those are all great coaches and deserve the recognition. But let's face it, in an era now where everybody has facilities, everybody has access to be on television. That You have a lot of schools who have Oregon here and Eugene being one of them that have uh, found themselves a place at the table. So I think the competition is more intense as ever for you know the prize athletes. And it's really a testament to what Saban has done with this program that they can be so deep and reload. Like we were talking about last week, you know, one of the complaints about that you know Oregon is struggling against uh, Iowa State, that they had the reload. Well, Alabama reloads and they're back in the championship game, which you know, like I said, my opinion. You know, you know, Saban's legacy as the great. You know, what he did at LSU. Sure, he washed out at the coach of the Dolphins, but hey, this is a question: whether you're the greatest college coach, not the greatest coach. Period. All right. You know, that's why Jimmy Johnson just goes, yeah, I did it in college and I did it in the NFL. How you like me now? Well, aside from you that you coached from the Cowboys, we do like that you accomplished it on, on both ends, Jimmy. Got to give you props for that. So, the Natty had its lowest ratings ever. What does that mean exactly? Well, it probably means those people who are talking about expanding the playoff format are probably right. Does that solve the problem of a school like Alabama, Clemson somewhat, LSU perhaps? These schools that year in and year out build these super programs that are always a cut above? And I say that because I think, as I mentioned Oregon a minute ago, I think Oregon in the last 20 years, you know, uh, right, the going from the last years of Bilotti to Chip Kelly, some of the, cl- the clown coaches, and now with Ball, they've done a fantastic thing, and they've actually been in two national championships. But that aside, you know, it's the Alabama, LSU, Clemson, you know, throw Notre Dame in there every now and then for a butt whooping, or, or Georgia, right? There's no excitement. And expanding the playoff is not going to change that if you have four or five schools that are already cut above everyone else. So I guess we could call that, you know, big surprise number four or five. But yeah, that the ratings were, were abysmal. Sure, because you pretty much have a sense that, yes, Ohio State, very formidable. It was impressive that they got there and beat a very good Clemson team with a future star in, in T, T. Law. Nonetheless... I know. I was watching um, the Godfather epic, which somebody you know was finally able to get me a copy of. Right, and that's the, where where both where Godfather one and two are shown in chronological order. They it's a rarity. They showed it on TV way back in the day, and then HBO did it again. You know, well, Francis recut it and remastered it in 2015, and they showed it in 2016. Anyway, somebody had a copy of it. I was watching that with Alabama. At Ohio State on another screen out of the corner of my eye because I'm just like okay I mean don't get me wrong you know being able to watch you know uh, Harris and Smith do their thing and Mac Jones and you know this like I said it's it's a fantastic stuff um, what I, has, I think Smith's performance means he should go very high I you know if you're the Jets do you keep Sam Darnold and say that hey, put a weapon like that. You know they've got Crowder and a few other people, and maybe all of a sudden the Jets are in business. I don't know. I mean, personally, um, I you know if I had a chance to get this guy, you know I understand the kid from Oregon Sewell. You know he's one of these anchors, and you need you need strength in the trenches. We saw that on playoff weekend. We'll talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Smith is going to be a top five pick. For, and he's going, whoever, wherever he lands, that team's got themselves one hell of a ball player coming. Cool stuff. Um, we also see that uh, this affects Oregon here as the resurgence in the Ducks' defense in recent years was brought on by Andy Avalos from, from, from Boise State. Well, he's returning to Boise to become their head coach. Congratulations. I'm sure that the Broncos are going to be creating havoc for their competition in the years to come. Good for him. So before we move on to hoops, let's give our quick take on the 2020 college football season. Hey, they got through it. A lot of hypocrisy. Yeah. (laughs) A whole lot of hypocrisy. Um, (laughs) I mean... Oh, it just kind of makes your head hurt. (laughs) But no, they got through it. Some teams playing seven games. The SEC give up Alabama. Like it was more props for winning 11 SEC games. I mean, it wasn't easy without a bubble. And we're talking college kids. And we stress this the whole time. Spurs and Vorm go to half, 1-0. Uh, the competition was shoddy at times, saw a lot of games I could do without, but then again, isn't that every season where it's just like, okay, when do we, when do we get to, you know, the matchups that matter? But, um, you know, these programs put out a lot of, you know, blood and sweat. There's a lot of danger. You know, we have health concerns, you know, especially with the heart problems that can come with some of the bigger players that come in contact with this terrible virus. So, yeah, you know, I can pick on the Big Ten for waffling and looking foolish. But all of that said, Ohio State, they were the ones that should have been on the other side of the scrimmage line facing Roll Tide. So, yeah, it, it gives you insight into... All the other sports that I was talking about in the last segment, you know, just winter sports in general, whether it's college or pro, the show is going to go on. And every time we reach the finish line, it's just more evidence to say, okay, we can do this. And, you know, the fact that we do have a vaccine rolling out, that we are at least in somebody's mindset moving closer to normalcy, but on the ground with COVID out there being an MMA master. You have to wonder. All right. Anyhow, you know, give all the schools and, you know, right, a pat on the back for getting through this. It may have been hazardous. It may have been questionable, but it's all said and done. We have a champion. Let's move on to 2021. Okay. So on the hardwood, we've got the Sags and Baylor, one and two in the men's top 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No shock there. Stephen and Louisville are one and two for the ladies. Interesting thing that came out last week: uh, the University of Kentucky. You know, obviously, we're talking about that they are grieving with the loss, you know, of uh, Ben Jordan, but uh, they came out strong in backing their basketball team over a kneeling backlash. Apparently, they deal for social justice, as we've been talking about since the beginning. That this was that these type of demonstrations aren't going away, and so. And of course, some yahoos, I guess some sheriff had some YouTube video where they're burning t-shirts and all this other stuff. I mean, a lot of people getting angry and it's, you have your entitled to your opinion. Let them have theirs. The um, Truth be told, once the, once the ball is tipped, most of the time, the whole SJW thing goes out the window and we're just faced with competition. Just, you know, cover your eyes or, you know, plug your nose or whatever it takes. It's not going away. And they sit there and chastise these young men and ladies for their positions because they're woke. (laughs) Shouldn't say that, but, you know, they're entitled to their activism. And this idea, you know, I mean, we know with what happened in the country last week that we're more fractured than ever. And there are certain things that, while it may upset folks, you're just going to have to stomach, right? You know, the idea of telling them they can't, you know, is only going to embolden these folks more to get their point across. Not rocket science, folks. Just, just chill the F out. Okay. So, we know that Oregon, number 22 has announced that they are pausing activities and their next two games at Matthew Knight Arena are going to be postponed. This is after they lost at Boulder, which is crazy because, what are they, like 0-10 in Boulder all time. Since Colorado's joined the conference, the Ducks have not won at Boulder. Absolutely crazy, but yeah, it's a tough place to play. You get up there with the altitude. Anyway, West Virginia post- postpones its next three games as they deal with Positive COVID 19 tests within their program. The Yukon Ladies have also paused activities till January 19th, which means their next two games are postponed. Then we've got just tonight, we've got number three, Villanova and Xavier off. Number 14, the uh, Illinois and Nebraska is off. And also Van and T- Tennessee. This is just for today. So once again, lots of games being canceled. Programs halting basketball activities. As we say every week, getting really, 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 really sketchy and hairball. As, as we just iterated about the show must go on. Well, the show isn't going on in some of these places. And, you know, goes back to George Hill. Why are we even doing this? F- All good questions. I don't have the answer. And neither does he. Apparently, these institutions and leagues do, and that is to play on. So what else? Well, we can talk about a little bit that, we you know, as far as upsets go in the past week since I was last with you, we know that Oklahoma State knocked off number six, Kansas, and Maryland upset the number 14, Illini. They were, yeah, they're 14th now. We'll give props to the Washington State women as they cracked the top 25 for the first time ever, coming off of a big win over number seven Arizona. Congratulations to the Cougar ladies. And I guess the last thing you gotta keep an eye on is this lawsuit, you know, going on at Clement. Clemson. Gosh, I know I always have problems saying that. Um whew. so Clemson uh, we talk, as we've discussed also in many episodes about with COVID wreaking havoc with the, the budgets of these athletic departments. A lot of sports have been cut, and this Clemson obviously was affected, and they got rid of track and, and cross country, track and field, and cross country. And so some of the athletes there are filing a lawsuit, and in this lawsuit, the plaintiffs argue that the elimination of track and field is, discriminatory, is, is very discriminatory because a lot of the participants are African-Americans. You know, obviously the sprinters and yeah, other, you know, long discs, all that stuff. I mean, let's not be Jimmy the Greek here and, and get too specific. <laughs> Don't want to end up like him. But you you get, you get the point. And this is very interesting, you know, because I hadn't, when, when I... Picture the kind of legal action that athletes would be taking. I didn't see something like this where a sport like track and field, normally track and field isn't on the chopping block. You know, you're going to see stuff like, you know, wrestling. Obviously I can see cross country, but you know, that is an interesting point in terms of what kind of traction they're going to get with this lawsuit. especially in this time of COVID where athletic departments are talking about losses Anywhere from 50 million to 100 million and and programs are being slashed. We talked about what happened at Stanford. So we'll be keeping an eye on this. All right, folks, that was a fun. It's not really fun because there's some bad stuff going on, but there's also fun stuff, you know, crowning a national champion and things like that and good stuff going on the foot, on the hardwood. Anyway, we will be back with some more cool stuff here momentarily after you hear one of these sponsored segments. All right. Alright, welcome back Fox Dragon in a Foxhole Season 1, episode 32 The season finale of season 1 Live from Boom Talk Studios Deep in the Heart Safi Eugene, PSG 1, Marseille 0, 55 minute by Marseille is starting to threaten. Oh boy, sweat beads coming for me being the red and blue spam. But I'll get more to the, the, the beautiful game in a minute. So as you know, we're always talking about how things always change. Oh, I know, hockey tonight too. Wow, it's crazy. A lot, of, a lot of cool things going on, as I was saying earlier. I didn't mean to be disrespectful about COVID, but exciting times. Anyway, when we do this podcast, I'm always talking about, man, I'm always editing and checking the wires and stuff like that and having to do rewrites, as, as Alec Ford says. Well, that's what happens when you are doing a podcast that's based on a 24-7 sports news cycle. And lo and behold, and I don't even have the details yet. There's so much to talk about with my man, James Harden. You know, we're going to start with that. Going to go out of order here because there are rumors now that he is going to be traded to the Nets in a blockbuster trade. Woj and Ramona Shelburne came out and said that. I haven't had a to look at the details. What I can tell you is this. I was going to say originally is my third bullet point with this segment that, Harden says the Houston situation can't be fixed. And what was it, what was supposed to be followed with, Dursus said he's not currently with the team as the Rockets try to work out a trade for the disgruntled star. If you watched the Lakers and Rockets last night on NBA TV, you saw that he was completely disinterested. And he came to the podium last night and said he's tried, but it, it can't be fixed. He wants out. Apparently, he left the team. Now the team has made the trade. I'm going to be curious to see what parts are moving where. And we're not done with this because there's a lot. to. There's so many things going on with this, right? Because this also ties into what was going to be my second bullet point for this segment. And that would be the life of Kyrie. As Kyrie has not played since we've last talked. Various reasons. Apparently... He feels that you know the commitment to social justice, especially in wake of what happened at the Capitol. Not going to get into what happened at the Capitol because you know I'm, I'm independent, and then we don't talk about that kind of stuff. However, Kyrie feels that way, and it's kind of interesting with Stephen A. Smith saying that he should retire, and I'm wholly on board with that. Fully on board with that. That his mind's not there. The guy's poisoned to any team is on, it's pretty clear, you know, based on Cleveland, Boston, and now not wanting to play here. So, you put James Harden, and I was talking with my man, Alec Ford, about this yesterday. I I mean, we didn't even think, there's a way you could even fathom (laughs) Kyrie, in his head case, KD, who is a prima donna, and then you throw in the enigma that is James Harden. Who knows, I might, you know, stop at a strip club before going to the game and still drop 50 on you. woo hoo We are going to be looking forward to talking about this in the coming weeks. Like I said, I don't have the details. I want this blockbuster trade is because apparently it just went down while, you know, we're on the air. Maybe I'll do a... uh, video segment on YouTube later to get my thoughts. We'll see. I'm still kind of working out the video content that you'll see in season two. Although we're still going to be audio. We're going to have that. I'll bring that up in a little bit. But yes. So in the meanwhile, you know, the week started. As I told you last week, remember when I I called the athletes to task about how they were going to respond to the whole situation with Blake and Kenosha. And the Celtics and Heat were among the teams that had prominent displays on January 6th, which was a week ago, after you know, I had I had recorded and, and just sat back and observed. Teams didn't come out as strong as I thought they were going to, but they weren't silent. Sure, there's more, there's gonna be more to come. Like I said, with what went down in the Capitol and its aftermath, you know, especially if somehow. That Trump isn't impeached. So a lot to impact there, but the data is just not there to completely give some quality commentary yet. It's one of those things that's completely unfolding by the minute, and you know we're we're always a a situation away, right? You know, which is always interesting. I was talking with my friend because you know the the shootings haven't stopped. You know, right? There was a ninety-one year old lady. Killed in Los Angeles by by law enforcement. And, you know, I don't think the cops are going to say anything about it because it doesn't fit the agenda. But nonetheless, there are going to be events like that. So, you know, we'll be talking about it on on this show. Anyways, took the players to task last week. They told me to shut up and said, hey, dude, we're on it. So, okay. Lakers remain unbeaten on the road. and moved to a league-best 9-3. and three. As I said about Houston last night with Harden, you know, just didn't see team going through the motions. You know, they played back-to-backs in Houston on Tuesday and Sunday, and Lakers won them both. And they're 5-0, and something they haven't done in a while to start the season off. They're looking pretty good. AD, I think Schroeder's looking good. THT's balling in the East. What do you think about after, you know, the Sixers and their issues? Obviously, we talked about this last week and somewhat... In the COVID Chronicle section. They've been undermanned. But did you watch Joel and B last night go 45, 16, and 4? Clutch win last night. Based on what you're seeing, especially when they get healthy, do you feel if he can still if he can stay healthy, is he ready to lift the 76ers to the next level? And I mean the next level is actually being in the finals. I mean, homie was balling last night. Let's not, let's not even kid ourselves. Uh, we also saw that LaMelo became the youngest athlete to post a triple-double. Good for him. Good to see the, the two ball boys that are still, hey, like that, the two ball boys. <laughs> okay, wasn't that funny. But it's good to see that Lavar's kids, too bad the third one, wasn't quite good enough to make the Pistons <sighs> squad. Oh, my. And so, also, I thought it was interesting because we talked about the Senate races. We've been talking all along about Miss Kelly Loeffler, who owns the Atlanta Dream. Well, apparently, LeBron and Melo would like to buy the Atlanta Dream from her. I don't know if if the former senator from Georgia is ready to uh, sell. It probably would be in her best interest because maintaining the team is, you know, why be somewhere where you're not wanted? But I think it would be cool if uh, Braun and Mello get behind that as far as the activism, as we've talked about with the WNBA. Good platform for that. It would be good to see those guys become owners in the league with that franchise. I don't think, uh, I think Kelly Loeffler's in an untenable position. So hopefully she just says, you know what? Screw this. I'm tired of it. I'm just going to go sip on my mint juleps, count my money, and be done with this. We can only hope. All right. So let's move over to something you should probably know or what's going on in the sports world. So, you know, this is an Olympic year, as we talked about early on with the Olympics being moved to 2021. And so a recent poll of Tokyo residents They've come out and say they feel the game shouldn't go on. They think it's too unsafe in spite of the guy I told you about last week who's proposing spending a billion dollars to prevent the spread and keep everybody safe. Well, 80% of the people, and we know Tokyo is not a tiny city. It's pretty big. But 80% of the residents in this poll, I might add, feel the game should not go in 2021. Should wait until things are safe. How do you feel? F T I N F X at gmail.com if you got an opinion on that. Or you want to come on the show, or you just want to say hey. Um, and, you know, once again, we'll go back to the the, the, the wackiness in the world. Um, if you folks that follow mixed martial arts know about Pat Milutich, he, he says he was relieved of his announcing duties for being at the Capitol riot last week. Once again, you're in a position of authority, power, or prominence. There can be consequences to your actions. Do I think he didn't have the right to be there? How silly I may have thought people were acting. Sure, he has the right to be there. But his employer also has to just say, no, I ain't putting up with this. And they're not. And so, um, because he does the legacy, what is it? The legacy fight alliance. Which airs on UFC Fight Pass. So which you know is controlled by ESPN Plus, I believe. Well, the folks at the box decided, yeah, you're you're a little too fiery for, you know, what we want. And so now apparently he's out of a gig. Speaking of MMA, I guess ESPN is reporting that Dana White is trained to coax you know, the the recently retired undefeated lightweight champion could be as I always say, his wrong name wrong, back into the octagon. Could be in you know, 27. You know, he walked away as we talked about last fall, and you know he promised his mom. You know after his dad passed away, those fighting days are done. Well, I guess Mr. White feels like, you know what, you're not, you're still in your prime. You know, obviously everybody tried to make a little uh, more moolah, and that you know having him and having Connor fight again is good for. UFC's bottom line. I mean, right, having those guys active, uh, right. So I'm sure he's going to do everything in his power to get him back in the ring. We'll stay tuned. We'll try to get my man Cooley Walker back here in season two to give us an update of, as far as what he feels the direction of MMA is going. Especially now that we've got more data. Like I t- said earlier, we're going to have some fans at the first three of, at the first three Fight Island events in Vegas. Coming up here shortly. Wow. So we also, speaking of, since we, since we are getting more political than we normally would, but the PGA has announced that the, 2020, the 2022 PGA championship will be lo- relocated from Trump National Golf Co- Course in Bedmaster, which is, you know, in the New York suburbs. Not shocking there. All I can say about that is that's a very slippery slope, these uh, golf courses, networks, and other things that are severing ties with people like Trump and other GOPers who are associated with the, with the events that happened in the Capitol last week. Very slippery slope, like especially in a sport like golf. How many people there are social justice warriors outside of Tiger pay attention to golf? And and the people that do, let me see that. I think I, I think I came out wrong. <laughs> and we don't do any editing here, so let me try that again. Do <coughs> no, I sneeze? But you know, I mean, right—the social justice warriors outside of Tiger don't care about golf, but well, a lot of people that support Trump do. And is that going to hurt attendance and ratings? Probably so. Now, if it's what if it's about what's doing right, okay. But do not whine if you take it in the shorts by alienating people. Not saying they shouldn't, I just say it's a very slippery slope when you're talking about your target audience and the people who pay the bills. Just food for thought. So, what else have we got going on here? Oh, yeah. This is kind of old, but somehow I missed it. And I'll be looking forward to getting my friend, the corner man, back here as we get closer to Daytona. But I guess. It was announced a little while back that the twenty three eleven race team announced that they're gonna they are fully funded and the twenty three car driven by Bubba Walsh, you know our friend Bubba he's gonna compete in the full thirty eight race schedule for NASCAR in twenty twenty one I think that's pretty cool I think it's exciting for Jordan and this may be a way to get folks who are traditionally na- n- non NASCAR fans to possibly tune in I highly doubt it but hey. Give Jordan, Denny Hamlin, and Bubba props for trying to make that happen. And, you know, I best luck, best of luck to them as they try to compete and also, you know, make the NASCAR viewing, fan experience, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, make it a little more diversified. All right, folks, we blasted through that. We'll come back with another segment here shortly as we have the Spurs up on Fulham 1-0 in the 59th minute, and PSG's holding on to a 1-0. We'll talk a little soccer and a few other things when I come back. Alrighty, welcome back. Fox trying to get a foxhole, season one, episode 32, the season finale. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Boom Talk Studios, beautiful day in Eugene. Spurs and Fulham, still 1-0. PSG Marseille, 1-0 as well. And Manchester City takes care of Brighton Howe earlier, 1-0. As far as stuff going on there. We'll get to a little more of the beautiful game in a minute. Let's go around you know, the diamond in our Sea of Diamonds segment. Been short lately as we get closer. I think I talked about last week that uh, baseball full, says we are expecting a full training camp, a full 162-game slate. Should be business as usual. Not sure how the fan thing is going to work out yet, but they're pretty confident with the vaccine. There'll be fans in the stands as well. So fingers crossed there that we'll be in a better shape you know, come April when it's time for the 2021 baseball season. Of course, we started out with a very, very, very somber moment. I Maybe mean, for me, as a Dodger fan, Alex won as well, and the whole Dodger family, and baseball in general. I mean, we lost a true great last week. Tough week for the Dodger family. We talked about Sandy Scully last week. Well, this week, as we reported last week that Tommy went home and we were excited, but... uh after maybe a day or two later, you know, since we last broadcast, Tommy passed away at 93 of a heart attack. Um, I don't know words really can't do justice to what this guy meant to the Dodger organization, to the city of Los Angeles, and the game of baseball. I mean, one of the game's great ambassadors, one of the game's more fiery characters. I mean, I always had this great dream when I years ago. I mean, That's that that great uh, audio from the World Series where, or maybe it's, I forget what it is, but Tommy's melting down. And I had this dream that I was in hell with Tommy Lasorda and he was complaining about how hot it was, cussing every five seconds. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers winning it in 81, 88, his success with the USA winning the gold medal in 2000, which he called his greatest triumph. I mean, I was saying to Alec last week, Alec Ford, our contributor here on the show, I think when it comes to Tommy Lasorda, like back in the day, you know, in the heyday of LA sports, back when the Raiders were in Los Angeles and all that kind of stuff, all these great personalities, we used to say, well, you know, Jerry Buss represented LA cool, but Tommy Lasorda was LA swagger. And just, just, you know, LA can be represented by so many different things. But, you know, at the same time, Tommy sort of gave it a certain swagger back in the day, you know. And, I remember being at Candlestick Park back in the, back in the day, back in the 80s, uh, when Giants fans would be chucking batteries. I was at those games. And, you know, Tommy loved it, right? You know, just, uh, right? I remember his last game there. It's just, you know, how he just ate it up at the minute, that, that rivalry. And just, you know, as a competitor, you know, even going back to, you know, his days as a player, you know, sticking up for Walt Austin, you know, right when Austin took over the Dodgers. And Alston was having problems with Jackie Robinson and all that kind of stuff. You got to read the books to get the whole four one one as far as that goes. But there's an interesting question that somebody posed the other day. He said, you know, well, Astor is easily the greatest Dodgers manager. And I said, well, I don't know about that, you know, right? I mean, of course, these people aren't old enough to know about Walter Alston, you know, right? Because you know, the Dodgers had, you know, that Steeler kind of thing. When you think about, you know, from the mid-50s into the 90s, they had two managers, you know, Tommy and Walter Austin, And, you know, Walter Austin won in, like, 63, well, 50, 55, 59, 63, and 65. So he's got four rings, lots of people in the Hall of Fame. I didn't call it a dead heat. You know, I just think that folks aren't old enough to know. I mean, I was old enough. I, I, I date myself. I remember when Austin was a manager. But that said, you know, I'll always be more identified with Tommy, and especially that, you know, incredible run in 88. As we all are appreciative of, that the Dodgers won the World Series. So he was able to watch his Dodgers win one more time before giving his lineup card, as he says, to the great Dodger in the sky. Tommy, you're going to be missed. A, a wonderful life led. What a legacy you left to the game. And, you know, touched everyone, like I said, an, an incredible ambassador. You will be missed. But, you know, a uh, fox trotting in a foxhole salute to a wonderful life. Definitely. All right, so as far as the hot stove is concerned, I keep telling you about Steve Cohen. Guys out there trying, making sure. Remember how I was picking on New York last week about how New York has sort of been insignificant in recent years? Not a lie, a fact. But you, you see how the Knicks are, 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 are starting this show life, And the Mets aren't standing pat. We've been talking about well, ever since Mr. Cohen bought the team. Making moves, and this latest is where the Mets acquire four-time all-star shortstop Francisco Lindor and pitcher Carlos Carrasco. Definitely making a statement that the Mets are not going to be quiet. Give it up to them. Also on the move is AL reliever of the year, Liam Hendricks. He signs a three-year deal with the White Sox. Good for him, getting that COVID cash. Okay, so that's what's going on as far as uh, the Diamond's concerned. So I can tell you that, mentioned that kind of briefly, but the NHL 2021 20, season drops a puck on the ice tonight. Really excited. And we'll hopefully get somebody on here. I've been saying that all along. You know, still hasn't happened yet. For some reason, all the people I, I know who are expert enough to talk about hockey, I don't have any contact with anymore. But we're working on that. It'll happen soon. But what we can tell you is heading into this 2021 season that kicks off tonight. We talked about, you know, the stars and their issues being delayed. But the, the top five, as far as ESPN's power rankings, heading into the season are Tampa Bay, who are the defending champions, followed by the Avs at number two, which I was really surprised. I know the Avs came on strong last year, but I was really shocked to see the ESPN's power rankings had the number two. No surprise that the Vegas Golden Knights are number three. The Blues were four, and the Capitals were five. So we will see here in a couple of months if these preseason rankings, you know, still hold or hold up as far as the teams to watch in the NHL. Woo hoo! All right, let's switch over to one of my favorite segments, the beautiful game life. Always something going on there. Yeah. You know, I was about to say something, but there's just like so much going on. I just found out that, uh, I guess, Scion for the Pelicans has just entered quarantine protocol. I think it's contract tracing and not actually a positive test, but I can't be sure. Finding out that uh, New Jersey surrendered quite a few draft picks. So, yeah, we'll be, as the details sift in you know we'll try to report if we get to they get that to us before this podcast is over so what's going on in the beautiful game life uh, you know crazy stuff going on here this psg matches now in extra time with neymar converting a penalty to go up 2-0 followed by Payette scoring so it's 2-1 in the third minute of extra time psg holding on to a narrow lead fulham Jess had the equalizer so it's 1-1 Spurs there. A lot of exciting stuff going on this afternoon. Let's see, last week we found, or I think they just they dropped this maybe uh, on Sunday, I believe it was. Inner miami is parting ways with Diego Alonso after one season. Guessing Bex really wasn't too thrilled with how Inter-Miami played. I thought they were pretty gritty, and they made some good acquisitions, but apparently that hasn't worked out, so they are going to go with a new skipper when we move to the 2021 season. Um, good news for Matthew Haub of Schalke 04. He becomes the first American to net a hat trick when Schalke 04 defeated Hanover over 96-4-0. Fantastic! I keep telling you about the young guns from America making some stuff happen. Hat trick, good for him. So you know, one of the interesting things that happens going on right now is who's talking about like with uh, over in France with the Super Cup. We got all these cups that resume play, and now that we're getting somewhat to a normal calendar, we're starting to get we're starting to get all of these matches in. You know, for the league cups and super cups and. Anyway, I thought it was kind of cool that I always talk about this in terms of the United States and the U.S. Open Cup. Because I've said a million times, and everybody goes, oh, the NCAA tournament is the best competition in America. It's- no, it is not the best competition in America, in my opinion. The U.S. Open Cup is. And why do I say that? Well, this past weekend, what did we see? We saw the Spurs go to what was it seventh tier, uh, Marine, you know, basically playing in someone's backyard. You know, and, and it's great how the Spurs really helped out. You know, it's like, but it's such a wonderful experience, right? And over there in the uh, in the Spanish Cup, with Atletico Madrid getting knocked out, right? I mean, when well, they get beaten by third tier UD Cornellà. It's only, right, and like with with the Spurs-Marine game, you know, these guys were part-timers, teachers, you know, uh, butchers. It, we have the same kind of competitions here in America, and nobody cares, and it's sad because it's the only opportunity that you get to see average people, you know, be able to, like, match up, you know, against their idols or, you know, the tops of their profession. And I do feel that in the years to come, as we get closer to the World Cup, Coming up in a couple of years, that twenty twenty six, you know, to be exact, we need to embrace this competition more because it's the best competition in, in the states. I've talked about it previously; It dates back to nineteen fourteen. But you know, it, it's like the stepchild, and we would like to see in the future, ESPN soccer, the, the federations get behind it and and push it as much as possible and give support to these smaller clubs because it's wonderful. We've seen it happen with some of the, the uh, lower echelon teams have success. And what America loves a great sports story with with the little guys. So, it, yeah, wasn't that really cool, you know, how they had like the little signs that said, if a ball mouse is here, they know what yard to go to, and people just kind of sitting on their porches. You know, I've seen those same kind of scenes in the in – the, uh, and the, the Open Cup that we saw with the Spurs Marine. And yeah, it's just a beautiful part of sport that goes unnoticed here. And I just feel it's a high time. And I know on this show, I will be doing all I can to promote when the U.S. Open Cup resumes. So anyways, what about the pitch? Well, we know that Ebracadabra or Ebracadabra returns as AC Milan maintains its four-point lead in Serie A, even though some people think Milan's garbage. Hey, you're not garbage if you're on top. And PSG beats its rivals 2-1 in the Super Cup, avenging an earlier loss, which Marseille beat PSG for the first time since, what was it, 2011 or 2010? And they cloned it. So now PSG, Red and Blue's fans, including myself, we can just go, na, 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 ha, ha, ha. And we add some more trophies to the case. Always beautiful. Okay, how about the Premier League? So they resumed play after we had the FA Cup over the weekend. And basically we saw United and Everton collect three points. I told you City also collected three points today. And Tottenham has its... Hands full right now as it's 1-1 heading into the 86th minute. Uh, over in League One, PSG has closed the gap with a solid win over Breast 29. Well, Lyon played to a 1-1 drive with, win, with Wren. And so now PSG trails Lyon by one point. Lil and Marseille are up there as well. It's good to see the League One table crowded. That it's not a runaway show like it usually is with PSG. Good for the league. Now, could you guys get a good TV contract so some of us could actually watch the Red and Blues and the Marseilles and La Liga on a regular basis somehow? I mean, I don't know. Who has to make the deal? I've been screaming about this. You know, I'm almost blue in the face that we can't watch League One and La Liga because Comcast and Xfinity are like, hey, dude. Screw you guys, you know, as far as the carriage fees are concerned. Anyways, as I've said many times about the idea, once they figured out that there were real soccer fans in this country and the greed factor came in. Really, really unfortunate. But oh well, we'll be talking more about that in season two. That you can guarantee. Over in La Liga, you know, it was a kind of a big matchup with Madrid coming off of its loss in in the Cup, in the Copa del Rey. Lost, they beat Sevilla 2-0. Barca rolled with the 4 win over Granada. And Real Madrid stumbled with a 0-0 draw at Asuna. Bundesliga, there was another huge matchup with, was actually two huge matchups in the Bundesliga, with Borussia Dortmund taking care of Leipzig 3-1. On the other hand, and Gladbach takes three points from defending champion of everything, Bayern Munich, it was a 3-1 win at home, so good for them. Always nice to see Byron Munich get cut down the size. They like said we had the, L- the FA Cup over the weekend, and Chelsea, Manchester City, and Spurs advance. Just told you about PSG winning, and I guess the last thing I'll point out is that it's cool that we know that the Kansas City NWSL franchise, which is replacing the Utah Royals, as we talked about with all the troubles with their owner, Um, Del Lee Hansen and his um, controversial remarks which forced him to have to give up the Monarchs Real Salt Lake really cool stuff you know Kansas City looking forward to that they just shunned their crest keep an eye on the NWSL folks with Angel City coming in the next year a lot of exciting stuff going on there All right, that was a fun segment we're going to be back with the NFL wild card review and some analysis about what's going on around the league Be back momentarily, folks. Welcome back to fox trotting in a foxhole episode 32 season one the season finale now before we get to our last segment the nfl report and this is actually the second time that i'm actually cutting this today because you know so many things have gone on i felt it was a little bit prudent to just back away for a second and let's try this again so let's talk a little bit more about that trade, about James Harden, now that we've got some more data. So apparently it's a four-team trade that also involves the Pacers and Cavaliers. Um, so the unhappy Harden gets his way. So according to Woj, the Nets are sending Houston a package that includes multiple players and draft picks and features guard Caris LeVert, who was traded to the Pacers for Victor Aladipo, which I did not know until now. Wow, that's that's huge. Who really? Senator Jarrett Allen and forward uh, Tareen Prince are headed to are headed from the Nets to the Cavs in the deal, and the Rockets are going to receive Cleveland guard Dante Exum and Brooklyn forward. What is it? Redonis Carugas. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong, but hey, we're just figuring this out. Houston also receives three unprotected first-round draft picks in the years 2022, 2024, and 2026, and the and the and plus swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. So, yeah, a lot to unpack here. We'll dissect a little bit more next week for sure. Big deal. Also, went down today. We were talking about the beautiful game. Big upset in uh, the German Cup as the third tier, as a team in the third tier, um, Holstein upsets Bayern Munich penalty kicks, 6-5. As I was saying earlier, you really want to see these competitions with the lower tier clubs or teams. I want to see it in every sport. I think it's a wonderful thing and it would just add to an incredible viewing experience. So hopefully that happens in the future. Anyways, let's get down and dirty and let's talk some NFL now that I've updated you with that. Bear with me a second as we've kinda switched platforms actually using our mobile unit. If you notice a difference in sound, let me know. Shouldn't be too bad. So before we talk about wild card, super wild card weekend, let's talk about what else is happening. If you're under a rock or hiding somewhere, the only way you probably wouldn't have heard about Mr. Belichick, Belichick, the hoodie, whatever you want to call him, the goat, he turned down the Medal of Freedom, you know, in response to the Capitol riots last week. Um, I know there's some people who were upset, feeling that Bill has, you know, sold them out and all that sort of thing. Get over it. Bill smart. I mean, especially being on the back end of his coaching career like he is right now. Why would you accept this now, knowing that you're going to have to face your locker room? Slightly different with Drew Brees and his whole thing with patriotism over over activism. Got a lot of grief for that. And even he walked it back because he knew as the field general, you have to have harmony in the locker room and, and i feel that belichick is doing the same thing here and i don't have a problem with it i mean like i said you know i'm not going to get into the political stuff that's for other podcasts it just seems that that's a very prudent thing for him to do right now and he may have some issues with his former president. i don't know what his relationship with our soon to be the uh, leaving office 45th president who knows right but i do know that he's coming back off of a season where they did not make the playoffs. They were six and ten. They were due for a bad season. We know that. And you know, Cam Newton didn't work out. So there's a lot of challenges that the Patriots are going to have to overcome as the Bills and the Dolphins and as we were talking about the Jets are probably gonna be stronger. And so you don't want a fractured locker room. Um, not a bad decision for Bill to decline. And you know, we all know it's a prestigious award, but given the volatile situation in this country right now, yeah, give Belichick, you know, the, the, the green check mark that you see in Slack. <laughs> what about Deshaun Watson? You know, obviously, there's a lot of talk that he wants out of Houston. Very upset that the Texans ignored him. Ignored, ignored him. They Ignored the search firm that was hired, you know, and, and recommended people went for the GM position. They need a coach. Obviously, and he wants out because he's not convinced that the Texans are truly committed to social justice reform, like all the teams said when the t- when we were in the summer and the NFL announced its social justice platform. He doesn't believe the Texans are all in. He thinks it's lip service, and so he's very unhappy. You know, obviously losing his star target, he got rid of the coach, which is great, but he wants out, and they're talking about swapping him for Tua. Because you know, we've talked about how they're not the Dolphins are not sure if is a man and they have an opportunity to maybe go in the draft again. I think it would be a bad mistake. I think they'll be fine. You know, they missed out by a game. Give Tua give Tua a chance. He did it, it wasn't like a Dwayne Haskins situation. But back to Deshaun, a lot of teams out there. He can waive us no trade clause. And Yes, yeah, as we saw in the same city with James Harden, as we were just talking about, the Stars can't have the clout to basically say if they're unhappy, I want out. And pretty much the teams are at their mercy because you do not want an unhappy Star. Poison in the locker room. We'll be keeping an eye on if Deshaun goes. I know there's people in Washington. I can't see that happening. I don't really see this a deal either happening. I mean, to me... If we're talking about social justice, how are you going to go play for somebody who is buddies with Trump and has been a huge contributor and has spoken against some of the social justice protests? I'm not sure that's going to work either. But, you know, in 2020, 2021, stranger things have and will happen. We'll be paying attention. We also know that the Cowboys fired Mike Nolan and... Jim Sula, after a dreadful season, they're hiring uh, Mr. Quinn, lately of the Falcons, before the architect of the Legion of Boom. I guess if he's not coaching, our head coach, and he's just being a coordinator, could work for Dallas. If you're a fan of the Washington football team, Eagles or Giants, <laughs> could be trouble if Dallas, with all of its weapons on the offensive side, get a competent coordinator, and can get those guys to play to the level of expectation we'll be keeping an eye on that as we get closer to the 2021 season and then the other story the big story well originally the bullet point for this was going to be is Philly trading Dougie P to the New York Jets instead two days ago Mr. Lurie decided that it was time for him and Dougie P to part ways something about their visions for what the Eagles future would be were not in alignment. Big surprise there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we talked heavily last week about the whole tanking thing. I still don't think there was a problem with that. In the end, the Eagles are going to be happy getting the number six pick. But I also feel that Lori probably and, and Howie, GM, you know, Rosenberg, probably want to get, work things out with Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts is still playing on a rookie contract, and they may be with somebody else in there if they can resurrect Wentz's career, as opposed to taking a major cap hit and going through all these other issues. Who knows, but we know Dougie P is out. He's tight with the Jets brass. It wouldn't be surprised if he lands there. Regardless, you have a Super Bowl ring on your resume. I don't think you'll be in the unemployment long, line long if you want to be a coach head coach even. And I know like what Jim Schwartz is talking about sitting out next year. Big mess for whoever takes over in Philadelphia to clean up. And I'm sure Dougie P is sitting back drinking an IPA somewhere just like going, "Ah, I'm out of that nonsense." All right. And also, another head scratcher to me is the Panthers offensive coordinator Joe Brady being the leading candidate for the Atlanta job. Really? Yeah, I mean, like going back to Houston, Houston situation, one of Deshaun's problems was that Eric, the enemy, right, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, as we all know, is the hot property given the success he's had with Money Mahomes and all those weapons. Houston has come to its senses and now Eric is going to grant them an interview. Truth be told, I think Atlanta's a perfect situation. Obviously, the demographics and in the Atlanta area, it seems like it'd be the perfect match. And so I would feel that Atlanta is missing out on a great opportunity to get one of the up-and-comers. You see what Brian Flores has done in Miami, McDermott in Buffalo, Brayville in Tennessee, right? These coordinators. If you're smart, you somehow offer, being, you offer Eric being me the world and he becomes your next coach. I'm not sure if bringing the Panthers offensive coordinator, given how shaky they just were. I mean, I know I've got connections to the Panthers with my team, but that's a whole other story. We'll see how that goes. Atlanta, you could be missing out on a real solid opportunity there. Okay, so let's talk about Super Wild Card Weekend. Oh, man, wasn't that fun having three games, uh, right, all weekend? It was so cool. Some of the other games were good. Some of them, well, not so. Big surprise there, huh? As we know, when you have six games, there's going to be at the edge of your su- seat suspense, and there were going to be some duds. So, what happened? Well, we know that in Buffalo, as we, sp- we spoke to earlier, which about 7,000 fans, you know, Bill's Mafia representing hard, the Colts took a gamble. They had a chance to put the Bills on the eight ball. They went for it to, at the end of the half. They did not. Josh Allen leads the Bills to score. Instead of it being 21-7, I mean, yeah, what was that, 21-3, it ends up being like 14-10, or I forget. I think that's what it was. Anyhow, everything be there. You can't really get down on Frank Wright too much for this. I think that you know the Bills' offense, as we know, was pretty formidable. They were going to put up some points. You took a, you took a gamble to try to knock them out, and maybe have them go into the locker room psychologically, second guessing themselves. Didn't quite work out that way. Great season for the Colts. Nothing to to to, to, hang, to hold their heads in shame about. The Bills are a better team, and they're moving on. Props to the Bills Mafia. I'm sure the party was pretty. Insane. I hope they were wearing masks. <laughs> Doubtful given how happy they were, but who, who knows? So then we have my man who's always cooking, Russell Wilson. Not so good. The kitchen's smelling pretty foul right now. The Rams, their quarterback, the backup, got knocked out early by a shot he took. Was kind of worried about him as far as the neck issues. Jared Goff was pressed into service with his thumb that's bigger than the Statue of Liberty. He did what it took, you know, Akers running his butt off. You know, Cooper Cup got hurt. Aaron Donald got hurt to the Rams. Definitely walked away from that game with some question marks as far as injuries go. But hey, you know, they did it. They got it done on both sides of the ball. A lot of questions for Pete Carroll, the Seahawks, and Russ. Russ wasn't cooking. Russ, as we've been talking about, became a turnover machine in the second half of the season. Not good. Uh, Seahawks should be play- still playing, as far as I'm concerned, but they're not. I don't think the better team won in this particular case. A lot of soul searching for the Seahawks franchise in this off season. Uh, you know, it's clear that they've got components on both sides of the line of scrimmage, but it's just not quite there. And the way they finished the second half of the season, very disappointing, especially you know given how rabid that fan base is. Then we have the nightcap, fantastic game in the you know in Landover with the Washington Football Team in Tampa Bay. Now, Alex Smith was was a scratch before the game. We knew he was having issues with his calf, and then comes I think I said Tyler before forgive me, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Heineke, kid balled out. Now, granted, he's been in Carolina system, which is Washington's system, so he knew the offense. And, you know, kudos to remote Ron for bringing a COVID quarterback on the roster, unlike some teams, being ready for whatever situation would come up. And in this particular case, with what happened with Kyle Allen getting hurt, we know about Dwayne Hassens, we talked about that, and now with Alex he was the choice. Number four. Played fantastic. I mean, he played well enough to win. You know, Washington's defensive, uh, vaunted defense that everybody says great things about didn't hold their end up in the bargain as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, as we're, I'm a fan, so, you know, I was slightly biased, but I was proud of how they played. You know, Brady did what he had to do, uh, right? A.B. getting into the action. Better team won. No question about that. But there was a point there where it looked like Washington was going to give them a scare. Well, the sprint was eight and a half. They won by eight. I thought it was kind of a closer game than the score indicated. But, hey, Tampa Bay's moving on. Hey, Ron, you deserve coach of the year. Yeah, yeah. At seven and nine, people were were scoffing at you. But you look better than the Bears, I can tell you that. All right. But Goat, you know, what can you say about him? You know, he, he's the master. We'll see what happens when they go to New Orleans. We'll get to that in a second. Did Lamar silence his critics on Sunday with the win over the t- Titans? In the, and in that win, the Ravens coach, John Harbaugh, sets the record for most playoff wins, shows you how successful that franchise has been, which I think is kind of weird, given, you know, the Patriots, but then again, the Patriots get buys and that sort of thing, because they, you know, are, are so good, but props to Harbaugh, for sure. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting, before I get to the bar, you know, about, you know, the whole celebration when they won, you know, standing on the Titans logo, and Ed Reed, you know, who's a Hall of Famer, had an incredible career for the Ravens, thought it, you know, win in taste, and I'll immediately Twitter once again. Calling him a sellout and all this other, and all these other derogatory names. Why is he a sellout for wanting a team to win in the class? You don't need to sort of show them up. But hey, it's good. it makes for great bulletin board material and things to talk about when these teams match up again. So let's talk about Lamar. Boy, that run that he had. You know, we were talking about Smith earlier, DeMonta Smith. That is, and these guys, right? When they get a little bit of daylight. What they can do. I mean, why? I mean, that play, you know, the Ravens were kind of struggling. All of a sudden, and that midfield comes in like he did on Monday night, you know, just makes that play. He's just very, he's just so explosive. Do it with his arm, do it with his legs. Do I think, you know, he's, do I want to say he's in the same breath as Mahomes? No, I wouldn't say that about him or just Sean either. But they are capable of being there in a very short time. We'll see what happens in the rest of these playoffs. For sure. Gotta give props to the Ravens defense. Being able to stop the human version of the T-34. And Mr. Henry. Put him in shackles. And that was the key. Because I felt that they had the potential. As far as being able to control the clock. And keep the ball out of Deshaun's hands. Of being very formidable in these playoffs. But Ravens just told him. And Mr. Tannehill. It's not your day. And like. Myself and many others, you'll be watching the divisional playoff round at home. Props to Lamar. I mean, let's not put the crown on him yet, but getting the monkey off of his back and getting that big playoff win, it's a, it's a promising start. Looking forward to seeing what he does in the rest of these playoffs. For sure. Ooh, boy. I'm not talking about the Bears earlier. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, you know, the Saints made easy work out of them. I mean, every, all the talk about the NFC East, the Bears were the, were the least. It's just not good. And then I, we talked about Nagy, right? You know, he's going to be back in 2021. Not sure why. Other than, okay, you know, the House family must be content with them making the playoffs. That's all I can think for. They'll get rid of coordinators. They do have a good defense to hang their hat on. Got to resolve this thing with uh, Trubisky and Nick Foles, and figure out who's going to be the field general for them in 2021. A lot of questions there. The Saints, I don't know, Breeze still doesn't really look sound to me, but they're going to go with him, and Tampa Bay and New Orleans are going to meet for a third time. Not sure three is going to work for them, to be to be quite frankly. I have a feel. you know, Tampa Bay did not impress me, But they definitely showed, the Washington football team gave them, you know, a battle. And I think Tampa Bay is going to be better off for that. It's going to be a lot of fun in the Superdome come Sunday. I think the game's on Sunday. I have to check that out. Anyway. And then let's talk about the Browns. Oh, yeah. I called them fools gold, you know that. Talked all kinds, mad smack about them. What do they do? They blitz the steel curtain. It was twenty-eight zero at one point. Yeah, it ended up being forty-eight thirty-seven. Big Ben threw for like five hundred and what one yards, but he had you know what three picks and a fumble or something like that, or four picks. Some you know just a mixed bag. So first with the Browns. Hey Baker. You balled. You know, you got the laugh at uh, Colin Coward. You know, his comment about he doesn't trust quarterbacks. to so brother had backwards. And then in the post-game presser, he flipped his hat backwards. It was just like, nah, nah, nah. with two birds at, at Colin and everybody who's doubted him in, in that team. I'm sure it was quite the celebration in Cleveland afterwards. Hope they were masked up. <laughs> They're moving on. I was wrong. I said they were a joke. Could keep waiting for them to fall on their face. It hasn't happened. Props to Cleveland. Pittsburgh now. 11-0. And then, you know, they lost the game to Washington. Of course, all of the uh, obstacles they had to overcome, you know, with with, with, the, with COVID-19 affecting other teams, affecting the schedule. Not on their own accord, obviously. You know, they had a couple of guys, but they were always ready. And, you know, the schedule didn't do them kind. And We were always talking about the show going on. They were affected the most. That said, there's got obviously needs to be some changes in Pittsburgh. I don't know as far as Big Ben goes. You know, he had, like I said, he had 500 yards, and I still think he's capable. If he wants to play, you don't tell a two-time Super Bowl winner, you know, show him the door. Think that they, as Stephen A. Smith has pointed out, that Pittsburgh has gotten away from one of their trademarks is having a solid running game. You know, ever since Le'Veon. Force his way out of Pittsburgh. They need to address that. Because, you know, they've got the weapons. They've got the defense. You're not going to get rid of Tomlin. Yes, Big Ben's going to be 39, but Brady's 43. Breeze is 42. He's still, uh, Phillip Rivers is 40. These guys are showed this year They're still capable of getting their teams to the playoffs. But I do think that there are some things that Pittsburgh's going to need to fix if they expect to contend with Kansas City. Because Kansas City's not going anywhere. Right? You know, you got to give a, a, a shout out, you know, right? I always talk about, you know, or I don't always, but I did bring up, you know, that class that had Wentz and uh, Goff, right? How I think the, the, the and Josh Rosen, how they have a little bit of the expectations. Well, what about the class of 2018 with Lamar, Josh Allen, and Baker all playing in the divisional playoff round? This is what I'm talking about, drafting a quarterback that's going to get you some results. All these guys moved on. This is probably going to turn out to be one of these classic classes, you know, like we talked about 2004. You know, obviously the 83 draft. These guys are definitely balling. Alright, so we are at the end of Season 1. Before we get to TMA time, let's take a quick pause for a little appreciation. I appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens to this podcast. I've gotten some wonderful feedback, as I've talked about previously. This all came about when I was suffering the effects of you-know-what and was isolated and really bored out of my mind and felt this was a project that I could take on, something I should have done years ago. Really glad that I got involved with this and the other podcast. I'm really looking forward to Season 2. Of this one and having it grow and continuing to bring you quality content, whatever feedback you can send me to make this better, I appreciate. As you know, I'm really not one of these people who's constantly checking my metrics and my stats and like, oh my god, and getting all freaked out. I know that if I continue to improve this, the listeners will come, and all the things that I want to achieve with this podcast and the other one. And by the way, the other podcast. Look for some really intriguing guests in 2021 coming up. Still working on that as we try to get people's time. But anyhow, yeah, I'm not going to get too deep as far as, oh, well, we accomplished this, we accomplished that. Just know we're having fun doing this. We're looking forward to season two. We're looking forward to bringing you some more wrinkles, more interesting commentary, more fascinating guests. If you want to come on the podcast, contact me, we'll make it happen, because I think that's one of the more entertaining aspects of this podcast, when we get the, our experts on to do, wax their opinions, so, anyway, this has been fun, it's, we're only getting started, it's been a uh, incredible run of the, over the last 32 episodes, I think I've learned a lot, I'm continuing to learn more, as far as how this whole thing goes. I appreciate everybody being patient with me as I'm learning how to do this. And, you know, it's not that hard. But at the same time, you want to continue to improve. As I watched LeBron James do his thing against the Thunder. I've got a little hockey and basketball going on in the background. It's been a long day over here in the studio. Anyhow, we appreciate the folks at www.purpleplanet.com. Uh... Folks at Zoom, the folks at Rode, Audio Technica for the wonderful equipment that allows me to bring these podcasts to you with solutions that are out of the box, which doesn't require me to have a massive team as far as, you know, editing and all that other wonderful stuff. A lot of it we can just do on the fly. Anyway, let's get to TMA time. You know, we gave one out already to The Fool over at uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, uh... I got another one, you know. When I, you know, speaking of sellouts, the idea of calling Stephen A. Smith, who I seldom agree with, who I've chastised many, many times, but calling him a uh, Uncle Tom and a sellout for saying Kyrie would retire. I mean, Kyrie is a loose cannon that obviously is not interested in playing basketball, or it's not his top priority. So I think. As a journalist, he's you know he wasn't out of line by saying that maybe you should think about retiring and focus on some of the other things that are more important, whether it's activism or finding out if the world is deep, flat, whatever the case. Don't need to, like, assail him on Twitter. You know, jackals on Twitter are just always out of control. So, yeah, you, you the jackals on Twitter, you get yourself a nice stainless steel bowl full of turds. The Bama fans! You deserve a big bowl as well. Yeah, you're excited and I know this has been a long year, but it's not like you don't win it every other year. No need to like take to the streets, most of you unmasked. This whole idea well we're young, we're not gonna die from this. Well, guess what? You can give it to your professors, your grandparents, all sorts of things. It just was, uh, it was just very terrible. In this year where we're trying to get this terrible virus under control and just, you know, seeing, you know, all the images, very disturbing. Really hope that we don't have serious outbreaks in Tuscaloosa and elsewhere as a result of that. Y'all fans, sorry. Congratulations on your win, but come on, let's celebrate responsibly. Now we'll get to the small, we'll get to the complimentary bowls. I gotta give one to NBC for pulling the plug on Mike Milbury after 14 years for what was a sexist comment over the summer was about, you know, the success to these sports in you know, a bubble, not having women around. I took it as like what Stephen A. Smith said, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the, these guys are popular and lots of females like to be around them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It'd be one thing if he met, you know, not women reporters and stuff like that. I don't think he met that. I think this is boy a knee-jerk reaction. Come on. Come on. Come on, NBC. Really? After 14 years, I do think Milberg deserves a pass. It was not that out of line because it is true. Whether or not you want to admit it, why is the NBA on the verge of collapsing right now? In fact, why did they have to institute a, a new rule about... Not having on the road when you're in road hotels, having uh, guests that are not affiliated with the team because we're trying to prevent these seasons from collapsing. And then the last one goes to Chase Claypool. Really, dude? (laughs) Really? (laughs) You get blitzed by the Browns after you made comments of the same old Browns and then you are just like saying they're still the same old Browns, they'll get what's coming to them. You were supposed to do that, you and your teammates. Don't sit there after getting embarrassed and be like, well, they're going to get what's coming to them. Just take your big whopping L and focus on getting ready for revenge in 2021. You're going to face them twice. But yeah, it's a bad luck. All right. (laughs) This has been a lot of fun. Season one here in Boom Talk Studios, with all kinds of ups and downs. We're gonna bring you some more ups and downs starting next week with season two. I'll be back, ready to go as always. Till then, mask up, socially distance, so we can get back to our games, concerts, and hanging out. Be smart and sane, because as we know. CV-19 is, on the, is taking the steroids and all the other stuff, and it's just getting stronger, even as the vaccines are rolling out. Be safe, be sane, and I will catch you here soon enough.